May God speak to you through today's message from Pastor Ryan Loxmo. Well, good morning. My name is Ryan Loxmo, and I'm the small groups pastor here at Parkway Fellowship. And we're really glad that y'all joined us today as we wrap up our series, Illustrated. And I have just loved this series so far. What we've been talking about is the parables of Jesus. And we've looked at three so far. And the parables, basically what a parable was, is a little story, a short story, that Jesus would tell the people he interacted with, um, and, and this little story would illustrate uh, a piece of God's truth that he wanted to communicate to them. And what was so great about the parables is that he would just draw from life around him to illustrate these great truths about who God is and what he uh, wants from us and what he, he hopes for us. And uh, it was very different from the kind of teaching most people were used to, which was very kind of academic and scholarly and high level, Jesus just, he interacted with average people, and he taught them big truth in a way that was very accessible for them through these parables. And so, as we've said in this series, not only was the message that Jesus was bringing so revolutionary, the way he brought it, the way he taught was revolutionary as well. About a year and a half ago, my wife Ashley and I moved into our house. Now, it was a new build, and there was zero landscaping in the backyard. I mean, literally, it was like grass that was barely hanging on, and that was it, okay? So last March, I decided, oh, we should probably plant something back there. So I, I knew nothing about landscaping, zero. I mean, I can like mow the lawn and do a mediocre job edging. That's about it, okay? But I was like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to go. And so I went to the landscaping store, and I told them, here's what I want. I want some low-maintenance plants, and I want this and this and this. Got tons of great advice. And he said, you know, here's what you want, and we've got these different size plants. And he said, you know, you can buy the ones that are like a foot tall now, or you can buy like the four foot tall version and kind of get a head start. And I was like, awesome, let's go with the four foot. And so we were going through and picking all this stuff, and, and he was giving me all this great advice. And, and he said, you've got to get this soil, this, this great landscaping soil that's going to really give these plants uh, a running start and help them get started out really healthy instead of kind of the nasty clay, clumpy soil that we have in our yards here. And, and so I was getting tons of great advice. Uh, but the one thing he didn't tell me was how long it was all going to take. So, you know, he finished up and I'm like, awesome, they're going to deliver these plants to our backyard and all the soil. This is great. I'll just run by Home Depot on the way home and buy a shovel. I kid you not, that's what I did. Bought the shovel. They showed up later that day and they brought 15 plants that were four feet tall and 25 bags of soil. I had been thinking that I would just like knock it out that afternoon. Not so much, not so much, I will say. Uh, I started digging and digging and digging and like better part of a week this thing took. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable how much work it was. And uh, you, can, you can ask my friend Clint, I had to call him like twice to get him to bail me out. Please, will you come help me? I have to get this soil out of here before it starts raining and that kind of thing. But it was, uh, it was great. And you know, despite the fact that I really underestimated um, how long it would take, uh, when it was all said and done, I did what the guy said at the landscaping place. I dug the right size holes in the right places. I put the best soil in there. Um, I watered generously. And you know what? It worked. They started out four feet tall. Today, a lot of them, seven feet tall. Three feet in a few months. It's unbelievable. But I got, I got good quality advice. I got good plants. And most importantly, good soil. And I think we've all seen uh, the difference between really good soil and like crummy soil. We've seen what's uh, possible in like a really well-manicured golf course, 
you know, or, or a, a, a big league a baseball field. And just when you have that good soil and cultivation, we've seen what's possible. And then by contrast, we've seen the like weed-infested, neglected, half-dead grass on like the side of the highway. Okay, so we've seen that difference. And, and I could see it really vividly. I mean, the difference between the, the dark, rich, you know, nutrient-filled soil that I was pouring into these holes that I had dug versus the clumpy, heavy, nasty, dense clay soil that I was having to cart off. I mean, it was striking how different it was. And uh, today, we are going to look at the parable of the sower. And the parable of the sower deals with soil. It deals with soil. And it's one of the most vivid parables that Jesus ever taught. It ha- we read about it in Mark chapter 4. This is early on in Jesus' ministry, and he had started kind of making a name for himself, and people were coming from all over Galilee to hear him teach. And uh, Galilee, I should say, it's in the northern part of Israel. Uh, it's primarily an agricultural area. And so probably nine out of ten people that Jesus interacted with worked on farms. I mean, they worked on farms. They grew up in a farming community. They were used to sowing seeds, planting seeds, cultivating soil, harvesting. They were just used to that rhythm of life and the the sights and the sounds and the smells of working in fields. That was just life for almost everybody that Jesus was meeting. And so Jesus is early in his ministry and and this big crowd gathers to hear him him speak. And, And I imagine many of these folks probably came straight from their own fields, you know, straight from their own farms. Or maybe they walked through other farms just to get there uh, to hear what he was going to say. And then what he told them was a parable that would have been very familiar to these people who grew up in a society based on farming, in an agricultural society. And it's called the parable of the sower. And you can read about it in Mark 4, 3 to 8. But I'm just going to tell it to you in my own words. A farmer went out to his fields and started sowing seed. And as he scattered the seeds, some of them fell on the path where people walked. And before the seeds could take root and start to grow, birds came down and snatched it away, and it couldn't grow. Now, as the farmer continued to scatter the seed, some of it fell on rocky ground. And it grew a little bit, but when the sun came out and it got hot, the plant shriveled up and died because there was no depth in the soil for the roots. Now, as the farmer continued to sow his seed, some of it fell in soil that was infested by thorns. And it started to grow a little bit, but when it did, the thorns choked the plant and prevented it from producing any grain. But some of it fell in good soil, and it produced grain, and it multiplied year after year. That's the parable of the sower. Let's go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already, and we're going to dive into this thing. Now, some of you are probably wondering, what did all that mean, okay? The path, rocky ground, seeds, thorns, like, What does this all represent? Well, you're not alone in thinking that. Jesus' own disciples, we read about in Mark, 
they heard this parable, and they kind of, you know, probably thought, hmm, that's interesting. And then a few minutes later, they were like, yeah, Jesus, we don't exactly know what that meant. So could you, like, explain it to us, please? And he did. This is one of the few parables where Jesus literally walked through point by point and said, this is what all of this meant. The seeds represent this. This kind of soil represents this. And he walks through what the whole thing means. And so he explained it a little bit more uh, also in Mark chapter 4. And that's what we're going to focus on when we dig into this is Jesus' explanation of the parable that I just told you. Okay, but the first thing you got to know before we get into it is what a couple of things represent. The seeds that the farmer is sower, uh, sowing, the seeds represent God's truth. Okay, the seeds are God's truth, the message that Jesus was giving to the people. The soil is you. The types of soil are you. And so what we're going to do here for a few minutes is we're going to look at the, the types of soil and just think about your life. Think about your life and in what ways you are like each type of soil because we're usually not just one of these. We're usually this, some of these ways in different areas of our life. So just think about it as we go through and then we're going to talk about how we can become and stay good soil. Okay? Well, let's jump in. The four types of soil. The first one is the path. Okay? Satan distracts you. Satan distracts you. Look at Mark 4.15. Remember, this is Jesus explaining the parable that I told you earlier. He says, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word. Underline that. Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Okay, before God's truth can take root in your life, Satan just snatches it up just like the birds in the parable come and snatch it up. Now look, Satan has all kinds of tactics to interfere in our life. Maybe for you, you just have this kind of immediate skepticism. You know, when you hear God's word, it's just kind of like this knee-jerk pushback, like you just always do that. You just have this feeling of like, I have to push back whenever I hear it. Maybe you don't even know why you have that reaction, but you just find that you do. You know, another tactic Satan may be using is just misdirection. You know, just getting you to pay attention to something else. Because look, Satan doesn't need you to be an opponent of God. He just needs you to be distracted. If you're distracted, that is a win for Satan. A win for Satan would be you're open to Christ. And maybe you even accept him, but your life looks no different at all. Makes no difference at all after you have. So do you feel like you've been distracted in hearing God's truth? Or maybe you just haven't even ever heard it in the first place. You know, the truth that Jesus was talking about, the word that he was preaching, um, it was basically this, that God loves every single one of us. He knows everything we've done in our lives. He knows every sin you have ever committed, I have ever committed, or will ever commit. He knows all of that, and he loves us. And he loved us so much that he was willing to send his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to die on the cross, and in doing that, pay the penalty once and for all for any sins we've ever committed or will commit. And all we have to do is accept that offer, the offer of salvation. It's free. It is free. We do nothing to earn it. Christ paid the way for us. We just have to accept it. There's a a sample prayer uh, on the backside of your message notes on the bottom. If you've never prayed a prayer like that to respond to God's truth and to start your relationship with Christ, pray it today. 
pray it today. God loves you. He wants to be in a relationship with you. He wants to save you. That prayer will guide you in how to do that. Now, it's not a magic prayer. If you've prayed one like that before, that's great. But if you haven't, that's a great example. All right, the second type of soil is rocky ground. And in this case, your faith is abandoned when things go wrong. Your faith is abandoned when things go wrong. Let's look at this, Mark 4, 16 to 17. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. Underline that, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises, underline that, when tribulation or persecution arises, on account of the word, and underline the rest of this, immediately they fall away. Immediately they fall away. You see, in this case, in the rocky soil, this is a case of a lack of patience, a lack of trust in God. So it's like you hear the gospel, you hear the truth, and you're like, awesome, I'm in. I am in. This is amazing. Grace, sweet, love it. And then things start to go wrong, and it's like, whoa, I'm out. I am out. Okay, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for things to go wrong. I signed up for God to love me and be with me. That's what the rocky soil is. When things start to go wrong, you abandon God because you start to believe the lie that he's not real. If he was real, things would go well for me. But that's not the truth. That is rocky ground where, yes, there's a little growth initially, but there's no depth. The root is not in deep soil. And so when the sun comes out and scorches it, like we talked about in the parable, it dies. You abandon God when things go wrong. That's rocky soil. How about the third type, the thorns? In this case, your own priorities get in the way of God's priorities. Look at Mark four eighteen to 19. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They're those who hear the word, but the cares of the world, underline that, cares of the world, and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and, underline the rest of this, choke the word and it proves unfruitful. So maybe you're a Christ follower. There's some growth, like we talked about with the thorns, there's some growth, and you're a Christ follower, but your focus is really not on Christ. You know, your focus is instead on succeeding at work, getting that next promotion, getting that car that you want, getting a slightly nicer house in a slightly nicer neighborhood than the neighborhood that you already live in, which is also nice, okay? Getting your kids on the best teams, getting your kids in the best schools, having a better vacation than last year. These are all temporary things that take the focus off of Christ because following Christ is all about self-sacrifice and service. That is what it's all about. And that's what the thorns are. The soil with thorns, the cares of the world, our priorities choke what God cares about in his priorities. The last type of soil is the good soil. The good soil, in this case, you follow Christ and your life shows it. You follow Christ and your life shows it. Look at Mark 4.20. But those that were sown in the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. Underline that, accept it and bear fruit. 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. 
That essentially means it multiplies. It multiplies. In this case, you've heard the word and you've started a relationship with Christ. Your life reflects it. Your old priorities, they're fading away. Your life is oriented toward following Christ. You've redefined success in your life, not about material things, getting what you want, but about following Christ and serving him. Your, your life now looks very out of sync with the world and with what your old life used to look like. And if you know people who knew you before you knew Christ, they would say, wow, that person's different. They are different. That's what it means to be good soil. So how can we live like this? How can we accept the word, hear the word, and bear fruit and grow and multiply? How do I know that I'm good soil? That's really the question. Well, there are a few markers uh, that'll tell you if you're good soil. The first thing is, if you can say this, you know you're on your way to being good soil. I prioritize my own spiritual life. I prioritize my own spiritual life. Look, I know for many of you it feels like all your time is taken up for other people. (laughs) For your boss, your spouse, your kids. It's like, I don't have any time left for myself. But if you're going to be good soil, you've got to carve out that time. And I'm not talking about a ton of time, but just some time for your spiritual life. Because if you don't, ultimately it's going to affect every other relationship that you have. It will, because you're going to be spiritually stagnant. It starts out with just carving out a regular time to read the Bible and pray. I know we say that stuff all the time, but we say it for a reason. It's true. The Bible is God's living word. I mean, literally, God speaks to you through the Bible as if he's writing it just for you. He speaks to you supernaturally through it, unlike any sermon, book, anything else you can read. That's how you get to know God. And the other way is by praying. Look, if you said you were friends with somebody and you never talked to them, Except when you need something, do you think that person would think that you were their friend? Probably not. That's what praying is. It's getting to know God. It's talking to God and having that relationship with him. So it starts there, reading your Bible and praying. Another way to prioritize your spiritual life here at the park is joining a small group. I mean, we do two things at Parkway Fellowship. I know there's a lot of people around here who just started coming this summer. We do two things. Okay, we do Sunday mornings, which you're here, so good job. The other thing is small groups. That's it, because we cannot do enough here on Sunday mornings to grow to the point of being the good soil that we want to be. We can't do enough. We just scratch the surface here on Sundays. So our small group system here at Parkway Fellowship is designed to help us become and stay good soil. That's the whole point of it, because it requires a little bit more than what we do here on Sunday morning. You've got to dive in deeper with people who know you and you know them. That's what it's all about. So don't opt out of the small group system here. Don't. It's designed to help you become good soil. Plus, honestly, it's a great way to make friends around here. I mean, some of the best friends I've made at this church, I met in a small group. I mean, that is, especially a church our size, best way to make friends. And we're going to have a time for you to join small groups later this month, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. You know, maybe for you, um, prioritizing your spiritual life, you've, you've gone to some small groups and you're involved, but you've never taken the next step in being willing to lead, been willing to lead. Let me challenge you this morning. Let me challenge you to seriously consider leading a small group at Parkway Fellowship. If you want to take that next step in prioritizing your spiritual life, think about it. Think about it. I mean, and we're not looking for experts. If you feel nervous about it, like, well, I might be willing to take a step out 
but I'm a little nervous about it. I don't really feel like a natural born leader. Look, we're going to train you beforehand. We're going to coach you throughout it. And we're going to be there to support you while you do it. I mean, you would be amazed how much you will grow spiritually by taking a step of faith and leading. I, I can't tell you how many small group leaders we have that would tell you that exact same thing. They totally didn't want to do it. They were totally nervous. Now they love it. Every semester they do it. And the fact is, we've had 600 people visit Parkway Fellowship for the first time this summer. 600. That's a lot of people, folks. And so leading a small group, stepping out and leading, you're providing a space for them to grow and become good soil. It's an unbelievable opportunity. So if you've been on the fence about it, step up and lead one. I would love to talk to you about it. There's another thing you can say if you're good soil. Not only do you prioritize your own spiritual life, you can say, I prioritize the spiritual lives of my family. I prioritize the spiritual lives of my family. Look, this goes hand in hand with the last point. Okay, we've got to prioritize the spiritual lives of our family, especially our kids. And what this requires is making tough choices, okay, about how they spend their time. If your kids are not involved in our kids' ministry and student ministry at Parkway Fellowship, they are missing out. We have an unbelievable kids and student ministry where they learn God's truth in a way that's relevant for their life. They learn how to make their faith central in their life, how to be an example to others, and they have a ton of fun while they're doing it. But in order for your kids to be involved in this, you've got to make choices. It, it might mean they can't be on that sports team. It might mean they can't join that dance school. Okay? It might mean they can't be involved in that organization at school. Are you willing to make those choices? To prioritize the spiritual life of your family? And look, there's nothing wrong with those activities at all. But there's a finite amount of time that your kids can spend on any activity. So what are you communicating to them in the choices that you've made about it? And look, it's not all just about activities. The spiritual growth of your family is not just all about activities. It starts at home. Because we can't do everything up here for you. You can't just sort of outsource your kids' spiritual growth to us. It starts with you at home. You know, are you making sure your kids are reading the Bible in their life and praying? Are you modeling that for them? Are you having conversations about God with them at home? Have you communicated that being at church, being in a small group, like, that's a non-negotiable. Like, that, that is what's really important to us. That's going to happen. Have you communicated that to them? You know, if you... Uh, want some help in how to do that, how to make sure at home you're prioritizing the spiritual lives of your family. You can go to our website. We have some great resources for parents um, on our kids' website and also our student website because our kids and student ministries are here to partner with you, to partner with you in raising your kids uh, spiritually. But there's another thing you can say if you're good soil. I monitor my time. I monitor my time. And we just touched on this, but if you want to know, if you really want to know where your priorities are and if your spiritual life is a priority, monitor your time. Your calendar will, by default, end up full of weeds, thorns, rocky soil. It's going to happen. It requires intentional effort to make sure that you are prioritizing your spiritual life. And if you can look at your, at your calendar, at your time, and say, yep, I'm serving. Yep. I read my Bible, yeah, I'm praying, I'm going to my small group, I'm in a habit of going to church. If you can say those things, you're using your time well, and you are, are working toward becoming 
that good soil. And there's a final thing you can say if you're a good soil. I monitor my treasure. I monitor my treasure. Look, if you're tithing each month, as the Bible says, 10% of your income, giving it to God, then you're obedient financially. And any other giving you give, that's generous, as the Bible says. And if you're doing those things, you're good soil. But look, if you really want to know, if you really want to know if your spiritual life is a priority, look at your time and your treasure. The way you spend your time and the way you spend your money will tell you what's important in your life. Jesus talks about that in many places uh, in the Bible. Look at your time and your treasure. They're the best markers of what your priorities are. So we've looked at these four types of soil. I think we've all been these three types of soil in different areas of our life. And of course, we all want to be the good soil. But what's the difference between the good soil and these three types of soil? What's the basic difference? The basic difference is that these three types of soil are that way by default. It takes no work whatsoever for this to happen, for soil to get, you know, full of rocks and, and, you know, other just stuff that gets trampled under feet and for thorns and weeds to grow. That's just going to happen if you do nothing. The good soil is cultivated. That's the difference. It's cultivated. It takes work. It takes attention and care. And look, we're not talking about earning your salvation or working your way to salvation. That's not what we're talking about. Salvation's free. But we're talking about your life as a response to your salvation. If you're going to be good soil, if that truth that you responded to in the gospel is going to bear fruit, It takes work. It takes cultivation. And the thing about it, too, is that maybe you get to the point in your life where you are good soil. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to just be good soil forever because I actually have, literally, I walked by it this morning getting into the car. I have three bags of unused landscaping soil in my garage. And you know what's happening to it? It's rotting because it has not been cultivated. It has not been used So good soil has to be continuously cultivated in our lives. And if we do that, if we cultivate it, if we look at our spiritual lives, if we look at how we're spending our time and our treasure, we will be good soil. We'll be good soil, and God's truth will grow and flourish and bear fruit and multiply into not only our lives, but the lives of everybody around us. Well, Jesus taught us a lot. He taught us a lot in this parable and in this series, really, um, through his teaching. And, you know, we only looked at four parables. There are many, many more in the Gospels. We looked at the prodigal son the first week, one of the most famous parables out there. Then we looked at the parable of the fig tree. Last week, we looked at the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And then the parable of the sower. Um, If you missed any of these, by the way, uh, you can download them on our mobile app, and also you can subscribe to our podcast. I encourage you to go back and listen to whichever ones you missed. But look, if we live our lives in light of these parables, we're going to bear fruit. And that fruit will go beyond us and multiply into the lives of our kids, our family, our friends, our co-workers, and it's just going to keep bearing fruit and growing exponentially over and over and over. 
That's what it's supposed to do. That's what Jesus was getting at with this parable. And that's what it means to be good soil. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull out your connection card. I want you to hold it right next to your message notes, okay? And I want you to uh, check a next step or steps that you're willing to take based on the message today. And I want you to check it on this card, but I also want you to check it on the message notes because you're going to hand in the card in just a second, but you'll take your message notes home with you, and that way you'll know what you committed to. How about this first one? I will read my Bible and pray at least three times this week. If you want to start prioritizing your spiritual life, start there. Start there. Three times. If you don't do it all, do it at all. Find three times this week to pray and read the Bible. And, and if you check that next step, I'll send you some uh, tips on how to get started there. How about this second one? I will be here on August 25th to sign my whole family up for small groups. That's when fall small group signups kick off. They don't actually start meeting until the middle of September, the groups. But on August 25th, in the morning services, is when uh, signups for the fall semester of small groups start. It's going to be awesome. We had 17 groups fill up and close on the first day this past session. So if you want to make sure you can get into the group that you want to get into, be here on August 25th. Be ready to sign your whole family up. How about this next one? Send me information about leading or hosting a small group this fall. If that's you, if you're willing to step up and lead a group, uh, check that box and we'll send you information about what it's going to look like. And then in that blank, write kids, student, or adult. Okay, if you want to lead a kid's small group up here on Wednesday nights or a student small group for our junior high and high school students, put that. Or then if you want to lead an adult small group, put that as well and we'll contact you. How about this next one? I will evaluate my time and treasure this week. Just take an honest look at it. It'll tell you where your priorities are. How about this next one? I will memorize Mark 4.20. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. It's a great verse. That is a great, great verse to have memorized. How about this last one? I want to become a Christ follower for the first time in my life. If that's you, if you prayed that prayer at the bottom of your message notes, or you plan to pray it today, check that box, and we will send you some free information in the mail uh, to get you started in your life following Christ. Also, on your way out, there are some new believer packets on little tables just inside the doors uh, before you leave this room. Grab one on your way out. We've got some stuff in there for you as well to help get you started. Uh, let me pray for us as Pat and the worship team come back up. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your presence with us today. Lord, for your Holy Spirit that is with us in this room and is with us in our lives. God, as we go through our days uh, trying to cultivate our lives in such a way that we are good soil, God, we know that your Spirit is with us, Father, and that you help us. We're not alone. God, I do pray that you would help all of us to take an honest look at our lives and ask, are we good soil? And in what areas do we need to make some changes to be good soil? Lord, not just because we want to achieve something, but because we want your truth to bear fruit in our lives and change us. So God, show us what that looks like. Show us what it looks like to be good soil. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, Find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app 
for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.